Hey, this is Mr. Anderson, Anderson, and you are listening to Two Out of Three Falls. Yeah, 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 what up? You know, it's uh, Peter Rosenberg, Hot 97, ESPN, WWE Network, Cheap Heat Podcast. Um, let's see what else. I got mad jobs out here, but right now, talking all things wrestling with my man Randy Cruz, the Cruise Control Podcast. Sit back and stay mage. You're listening to Cruise Control with Randy Cruz. This is the voice of the New World Order. N-W-O. And Neil Furman's secrets of WCW Nitro. Graham Matthews, Bleacher Report. My man, how you doing? Doing awesome, Randy. How about yourself? Doing good. I got my allergies kicking my ass for the last week and a half, but I am here. I wanted to do the show this week because I know we did not do a review of the Money in the Bank show last week. So we've been on for two weeks and a lot of things have been happening in the last couple of weeks. So uh, with WWE, with AEW, uh, you know, John Moxley, you know, slash Dean Ambrose making his debut on AEW, Double or Nothing show. So there's a lot. So I guess we can start right now with Double or nothing, Las Vegas, MGM Grand. Uh, you were there, so before we get before we get into the matches and what you thought of them, you're there. AW Double or Nothing show is their first show. Kind of tell me what the vibe was, what the atmosphere was, and what what was the sense that what people were looking forward to the most during that show. The atmosphere was awesome. The show itself, I maintain, it was uh, very, very good. Uh, we talked about this over text with Mark just last night, and yeah. a lot like what he said to kind of echo his thoughts. I thought it was a very good show. I wouldn't go so far as to say that it was the greatest wrestling show of all time. That's what a lot of people were coming out of the show saying, which I don't agree with, and I was there. Um, but the atmosphere was awesome, absolutely. I'm looking forward to more of these shows in the future. Um, if the fans are going to be this energetic every single time, people were just there to have a good time. So mm. whether you like the show, I haven't seen many people, if any people, that hated this show. Otherwise, I don't know why you would have been watching it in the first place. Um, but the bottom line, regardless of what you thought the match of the night was everyone was there to have a good time i think they succeeded in that respect and uh yeah i just thoroughly enjoyed it It was my first time in vegas it was a good time the city itself i really have no interest in i'm not a gambler i don't drink i don't do any of that stuff so i was really only there for double or nothing but um the mgm grand to the arena itself was awesome very small i mean it was a part of a casino um as part of the MGM Grand Hotel, um, but it was great, easily accessible, and uh, yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed myself. I would absolutely go to another AEW show in the future. Mm. Well, you know what? According to my timeline, you know, AEW is the greatest promo- promotion of all time. <laughs> um, according to my timeline, Double or Nothing is the greatest pay-per-view of all time. Um, it's, it's To them, it's better than fucking WrestleMania 3. <laughs> so it's like, yep. you know, you, you try to... You try to wheel everything in and, and, and kind of see what the fans were going, how how they were going to react on social media, um, and I, I I really thought, and you know, to be fair, I told you and Mark offline that you know I did see majority of this show. I did not see I think two matches with uh, the tag team with the best friends and and the six the six woman tag match because the Milwaukee Bucks and the Raptors were on for game six. So, you know me, big basketball fan, I'm going to see that before that. Especially mm-hmm. with people I don't even know who, who they are. So, I did see everything else 
what was your what was your favorite match on the card overall i mean again it could go either way because i've mm-hmm. seen some people say cody versus dustin Rhodes, which i won't argue with you there because it was a great match and that's mm-hmm. coming from someone who has wanted this match for at least seven or eight years i've been wanting to see cody versus dustin done right in wwe since like 2011 2012 and they had that one opportunity back in like 2015 at a fast lane pay-per-view when it sucked yeah. so it was cool to see them come full circle in cody's own promotion with the story done right uh no you know limitations there was no um you know they could really do whatever they wanted and i think they may have gone a bit overboard with the blood for dustin that was kind of ridiculous but overall it was a great visual an awesome story told i love the match that was mm-hmm. probably my second favorite match of the night it definitely was actually my first favorite my top favorite was the tag team match uh young bucks and lucha bros for the triple a world tag team titles i'm more of an in-ring guy i do mm-hmm. like storytelling i am a sucker for storytelling i'm more of an in-ring guy so if i see a better match in the ring that's kind of what i personally will gravitate to so that's why i like right. that match more it had a great pace never a dull moment the crowd was into it from start to finish um i would have preferred to see the lucha bros go over but maybe they get their win back at some point down the road but um yeah two of the best very tag teams in the world right now now doing their thing tag team wrestling despite how dead it is in wwe right now at least on raw and smackdown mm-hmm. it is very much alive and well in aew so i love that match but um yeah that was my first favorite match second was cody and dustin third when i'm it, it's tough to say probably omega jericho but the thing about that match was that a which i know we talked about here on the show a long time ago mm-hmm. their first match was way better uh jericho omega wrestle kingdom 12 i want to say was an excellent match probably the best chris jericho match i've ever seen um that this was not that match it was very good if not great I just did not think it ever really hit that next gear and didn't have that same magic that the first match had, but it was still very good and probably my third favorite match of the night. But um, yeah, overall, a great show for sure. Well, I know me and you are going to break down a lot from this show that leads into the Raw, the SmackDown, and, 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 and Moxley on Jericho. But I would say, like I told you and Mark, that for me, the best match was Cody and, and Dustin. Um maybe not from an in-ring standpoint but you know me you're, you're more of the in-ring first story mm-hmm. second i'm more story first in-ring second and i think cody and dustin so told the best story of the night um with the brothers and just the just the question mark of whether dustin was going to retire after that match and then cody comes out and says you know i want you to be my tag team partner against the uh the young bucks I think at Fight for the Fallen. So just that, you mentioned the blood. Uh, and again, it could have been too much, but maybe it was kind of, I wouldn't say needed, but I think it was it was a, a, a added touch to that match uh, that, kind, that kind of told the story more, which I appreciated. I did like the Young Bucks. The, the Young Bucks, I saw, I saw it on the replay. Um, online, so I, I I did not see you live because the Bucks and Raptors were on, but I, I the match was pretty good. The, the Jericho Omega, um, I thought it was good, but I want to ask you, were you surprised that Jericho went over? Because you know now you have like the every VP of the show, Cody, Young Bucks, uh, Adam Page, they all won, and now Omega mm-hmm. takes the L. 
but do you think it's because and, and we'll talk about Moxie later that you put Omega and John together and then now you have Jericho against the Hank, um, Adam Page for the for the for the, the the new world title. So are you surprised that Jericho went over in this match? No, not necessarily. I liked the match for what it was. I thought the outcome was the right one. Um, if you had said that the match ended too abruptly, I wouldn't argue with it because it, it did feel like it did. If you weren't listening to the commentary, because I was there, so I didn't really hear what was going on. Because on commentary, they had said, oh, that's the Judas effect or whatever. Because if you've been watching the promos, Jericho videos on Twitter, whatever, leading up to this encounter, Jericho was saying, oh, I'm going to debut a new finishing move. And that was it. So people were like, oh, they, they kind of felt a bit taken aback and felt slightly anticlimactic just because that match the near falls didn't really feel exciting exciting enough to warrant the match ending when it did even though it went like 27 minutes which was yeah. probably a little too long i'm not a fan of that um but with jericho going over i expected that that was my prediction just because ideally i would put the belt on omega from the get-go because i feel like he's the ace of that company and yeah you can build him winning the title but i feel like him winning the championship first is probably more important than adam page winning it sooner rather than later i feel like adam page is more of a long-term project than kenny omega is so i don't see adam page i mean i guess he could he could technically win it um he absolutely could win it but i feel like it would be way too soon for page to be champion so i kind of feel like it has to be jericho which mm -hmm. i've said before probably here on the show that i'm not that big of a fan of because i love jericho don't get me wrong the guy's my friggin' profile picture on twitter it's just that he's a former wwe guy he's 50 something is it really any different than putting the belt on brock or a triple h or something someone like that in wwe and i know jericho now will be more full-time than those guys are in wwe for aew but I, I don't know. I mean, he's a great heel, and there is something to be said for the baby faces chasing that heel, whether it be a Page or an Omega or someone else. And again, it did make sense for Jericho to win here because he lost to uh, Omega the first time around in mm -hmm. New Japan last year. He's challenging for the New Japan top title against Okada at Dominion in a few short weeks. So if anyone needed a big win on the show, it was Chris Jericho. Um, so I wasn't really that surprised i'm just kind of slightly surprised not that he won because i kind of figured that dating back a few weeks but just that it looks like they may be putting the championship on it from a get-go i know he's a recognizable name right. but you know for a fact that if this was wwe and they were putting the belt on someone from another promotion on day one like they didn't even do that with aj styles i don't know i just feel like it sends the wrong message by putting the championship on someone that yeah, he is an AEW full-time, but he's a former WWE guy. He's late 40s, early 50s, and he could still go, granted, but I don't know. Just something about that doesn't feel right. But the fact that he won didn't really surprise me that much, no. Well, you know what? And, and, and that was the main point I was talking to you and Mark about where, again, you're, you're a wrestling fan. I would assume you're going to be a big AEW fan, but now right off the back on their first show, the possibility, the possibility of Jericho winning the world title and becoming the first ever champion in that company at 48, former WWE guy. And it's a new promotion. You're saying you're bringing a different alternative, different this and different that. But then you start off, hey, former former world champion over here, Chris Jericho, is now the, the first ever AEW champion. That could send the wrong message because you know, you know, Graham, if the, I, if that happened over there with McMahon, 
everybody would, would just be shitting on it. But now in AEW, I get it's brand new, the new darling, everything is fresh. Not many fans are going to complain about that. And that's why I would tell you and Mark that, you know, are the fans going to be held accountable? Are, are, are they going to um, hold AEW accountable when certain things that, that they might do don't go their way? And whether it's writing, storytelling, who wins the match, who goes over, who's the champion, whatever the case may be, are the AEW fans going to hold this company accountable when they don't do what they what they want like they do for WWE? And right off the bat, you might you might make Jericho a forty eight year old man who's known all over the world as your first champion, as opposed to Adam Page. We don't know. Adam Page might might just win that match and become the first champion. We don't know. But now you're right. You're it's, it's a fifty fifty chance that that Jericho is going to become your your first world champion, and all the fans going to be like, "Yeah, Jericho, the w- world champion. Let's go." But now, if he if he was still over with McMahon, they may not be a fan of that. Yeah, that's absolutely right. You are right in that the fans should be held accountable. There shouldn't be any double standards here. But with Jericho, you're 100% right. I didn't really even think about that. If he was world champion in WWE, good God, could you imagine the outrage? I mean, people like Jericho, people would probably be open to it. If only because, not because he'd be like a great world champion, but just that it's because he'd be taking opportunities away from other talent on the roster. Like, oh, that should have gone to AJ Styles. Oh, that should have gone to Kofi Kingston, blah, blah, blah. Why are you putting him on Chris Jericho in 2019? But because it's AEW, and I guess because they don't have as deep of a roster, I don't know. Again, it's not the worst decision ever. It's not like they're bringing in friggin' Tommy Dreamer and putting the belt on him. It could be way worse. <laughs> um, and I like Tommy Dreamer, don't get me wrong. but And at least Jericho can still go, but... Yeah, again, I mean, there definitely is some hypocrisy there with with Jericho winning the championship and people being okay with that. I don't know. He hasn't won the championship yet, so we can't really speak to that at this point in time. But when it comes to them putting the belt on someone who, I don't want to say past their prime, but like the Omega match was great. I don't know. I just got to kind of give it time to think it over and whatnot. But you're right. The fans, there shouldn't be any double standards here. AEW will not be a perfect company. They haven't been a perfect company. Mere days before the pay-per-view, and we didn't talk about this because we didn't do a show last week, but Pac pulled out because he didn't want to lose. Didn't want to lose because he's the Dragon Gate, open weight, whatever the hell it is, champion. Uh, He didn't want to lose that. Or he was going to be Adam Page, but he was going to lose to Kenny Omega down the road. Yeah. Whatever. Um, And I have seen some people, you know, you know, you know, do the whole thing, which I, I, I completely agree with. And then it's like, get over yourself. Stop being a mark for yourself. Just lose. Like, I understand you're a champion of a promotion. No one even watches. Like, who who gives a shit? Yep. But um, I don't know. I wasn't. I mean, some people are like, oh, I completely understand where he's coming from. Um, you know, he has every right to be, uh, you know, to, to pull out of the match and to not do it and not want to lose. It makes complete sense. That really isn't the majority. But I have seen people say that, which I completely disagree with because, A, it doesn't matter. Wins and losses. I mean, it's a freaking wrestling company. Who gives a shit? First of all, for a, for a title that really no one knows anyway. And then second of all, how would AEW, Cody and the Bucks and everyone else involved in this process not know that Puck wasn't down for losing when they hired him four months ago? They pulled this match from the card like d- days before, like a week before the pay-per-view. Mm. And a lot of people, myself included, were looking forward to it at this show. We didn't get it. There was no even there wasn't wasn't even a replacement. Adam Page got added to the Battle Royal. 
And that was it. There wasn't like a, I mean, I think Moxley was always going to show up. So it wasn't like, oh, we lost Pac. Let's put in Moxley. No, it was the, there was less, one less star on the show. So uh, they definitely should be held accountable for that. And hopefully it doesn't become a recurring problem. But um, the overall picture, like you said, Randy, is that AEW fans, I'm a fan of both companies. Mm-hmm. There shouldn't be any double standards here. Same goes for NXT, WWE, Ring of Honor, New Japan, blah, blah, blah. Because if it was any other company, you know, w- if this was anyone else but AEW, specifically WWE, they would be ripped to shreds for this stuff. If Brock didn't want to lose and that came out, people would rip him to shreds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the bottom line is McMahon would just, McMahon would still tell you, you're doing this fucking match and you're going to lose. I'm not taking you out. I'm not going to reschedule. I'm, I'm not doing that. So right off the bat, that happens. Going back to Jericho, I think it's, again, if he's a champion, I think I think it comes down to validation, making to validate AEW as a serious number two um, out there. And, and it's kind of like when Hogan went to WCW and I know that company was around for quite a while before that with Flair and Sting and all that. But now when Hogan goes there and then he eventually becomes world champion, now it's like, oh, wow, the biggest star in the company or the, the, the biggest star in the world is now your world champion. Now WCW is on a, a, a different plateau. Like, oh, wow, this is real serious. Like, they, they could be a real competitor. So with Jericho, if he's a world champion... It's not like he's going to be world champion for a whole year. It could be like for one show, for a couple months. But just to get that off the off and running, you need someone like him to, to, to validate your company. And as, as time goes on, your Omegas, the Bucks, Page, whoever else, are going to be more notable to a more worldwide audience, more of a household name. So they're kind of like using Jericho in that extent. And also, there was a big... WWE influence on the show with Jericho. You mentioned Tommy Dreamer. He was he was in a, a battle royal. I, I think I saw. Could be wrong. Billy Gunn was there. I saw a DDP pop out. Uh, Jr. is on commentary. Mm-hmm. Bret Bret Hart introduced the AEW title, which I was like kind of shocked about. Also, Cody and and Goldust, uh, uh, Dustin Rhodes. So there is a heavily influence of former athletes from that company but I think that just to kind of get everything jump started and eventually they'll phase out to get these these young guys up and running but um, I mean I mentioned Brett like what was that about like did did, did they have to use Brett I mean I, I'm, I was kind of shocked Brett was um, there to introduce the world title he, he might have been uh, involved in the star cast event earlier in the week but when you saw brett introducing the aew title are you in the crowd like holy shit oh wow that, that's brett hart or like oh my god bro why is he here no it was cool i liked it it was one of those things where i was like i mean they probably needed a notable name to introduce the championship just to kind of give it some prestige off exactly. the bat. Uh, like they did on Raw days earlier with the 24-7 title, even though that looks like shit with Mick Foley. Um, <laughs> they did something. They, they usually do this in wrestling promotions where they bring in a notable name to unveil their new title, which I think is cool. Right. Um, Bret Hart, I think, was a good fit for it just because he is one of the biggest names there is. Um, reportedly, it was supposed to be Ric Flair, 
but he had to pull out of everything Starcast, Double or Nothing, whatever. He wasn't advertised for the show at all, just Starcast. Mm-hmm. But he had a health issue a week or two ago. He had surgery, so he had to pull out. Um, Bret Hart was a very nice consolation prize. Um, I doubt he's signing with them, nor should he. He doesn't need to be like their general manager. He's not on bad terms <laughs> with Vince. He was just at the Hall of Fame a month and a half ago, so I don't think he's on any bad terms with anyone right now. But it was it was cool to see him on the show. Um, kind of flubbed his lines a few times, but you know it is what it is. Not a big deal. Uh, no, I, th- I thought it was cool. I don't know who else it really could have been. Um, they had a lot of legends at Starcast. Bret Hart being among them. Um, I'm not really sure who else it could have been if it wasn't him. I know they had. You know, honestly, it, it really makes you think, would this have been Kurt Angle? Because Kurt Angle was supposed to be at StarCast before mm-hmm. he got pulled uh, when he re-signed with WWE. I doubt Taker would have been on this show. Right. He was supposed to be at StarCast. He got pulled out, too. Kurt Angle would have been a very good in a very good spot to uh, to do this here. That would have been awesome. But Bret Hart was great to see. Still looks good. But, uh, yeah, we'll never complain about seeing Bret Hart in person. Oh, I'm trying to see. I mean, you know what? The character that came out and and was making fun of Brett, the MJF guy. Uh, yes, I like him because I know. I mean, I did not, I did not see the Battle Royal. I did not because for me, I was like, man, where can I, where, where can I see the Battle Royal? And this is like when it was over. Someone said, oh, yeah. oh, it was on TNT. Like, holy shit, really? This whole fucking time. <laughs> so I was like, <laughs> all right, but. I uh, I like that part where he came out and you know made fun of Brett with the fan coming in and he he's like a new Miz kind of character to me so that was kind of cool. Um, other matches real quick yeah we got the Cody stuff Young Bucks oh Jericho Omega I get to Moxley in a second best friends uh, defeated Angelico Jack Evans uh, Doctor Britt Breaker Britt Baker won a fatal four way match SoCal uncensored. Won a six-man tag match. Kip Sabian won a singles match. Adam Page won the Battle Royal. So now he's uh, going to go up against Jericho for the world title at some point down the road. So now we get to the Jericho Omega, the finished. We get Moxley coming out from the crowd. And I'm hearing Jim Ross. And he just, like the way he was selling it, the way he was delivering that entrance was... um. And again, on the contrary, J- Jim Ross did say he knew nothing about that. So let's just say that let's take it take it at at his word. Let's say he did not know Moxley was going to come out there. I think he did a pretty good job of laying the foundation of him coming out. Just this that element of surprise. He mm-hmm. got in the ring. Dirty deeds on Jericho. I don't know if, they, if, if they're going to call it that. Uh, same to, to the referee. He gets in it with Omega. They get to the poker chip area by by the ramp. He does uh, the fucking John Cena move, and Omega's laid out. So you're in the crowd. Um, I doubt there was any tip that, hey, Ambrose might be out here today. But when you see him in the crowd, John Moxley in the crowd, coming out and debuting, Again, you're there. What was that? What was the atmosphere like? And did you get a chance to see it on 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 TV when when you got home? Yeah, it was easily the best moment of the night. Um, there were cool, uh, some really cool surprises between the aforementioned Bret Hart. Awesome Kong showing up was awesome. Um, that, I did not expect <laughs> that, so it was really cool to see her. 
the John Moxley thing I did expect. I think a lot of us expected it. I mean, when I when I figured to myself earlier on in the day, especially after Adam Page won that battle royal, mm-hmm. I knew at that point, okay, Omega is not winning this thing. For two different reasons. One, a babyface and babyface dynamic just doesn't make any sense. And also, um, it, it's also what was the other thing? Oh, Kenny Omega and Adam Page, they're two like of the elite guys. So like you were saying earlier, Randy, mm. to have two guys that are like the foundation of the company involved in the first ever world title match seems weird. Like they're just putting the belts on themselves here, you know? Right. So I'm, I'm glad it didn't come down to that, which I was going to mention earlier, but I forgot. So when I was thinking earlier on in the day, like, okay, they're going to have Jericho go over, but do they end on that note? Like, probably not, because he's a heel, and it seems like a weird way to go off your first ever show. I feel like one of two people have to show up, and if it's not CM Punk, it's got to be John Moxley. And then we all figured Moxley. I think Punk was doing something earlier on in the day, and yes, I'm still on the train, the bandwagon, that thinks there is a chance that Punk could show up in AEW. It wasn't on this show. I think he was busy doing something else, doing commentary for an MMA event. But maybe in Chicago, because they're going to All Out. But if he doesn't show up there, we should all just give up hope, because I don't think it's happening at that point. Um, but John Moxley was perfect. He lives in Las Vegas. His contract just expired at WWE three or four weeks ago. The guy's a big name. Um, he has a lot of momentum right now he was just announced for a bunch of indie shows coming up he's going to be wrestling for new japan uh next month which is awesome Uh. but yeah this was the first appearance the first of the uh the domino effect so to speak that really kicked everything off uh the reaction was awesome people went nuts even though they kind of figured it would happen the way that it happened through the crowd was really cool um yes i did have a chance to watch it back on tv when it got back on sunday jim ross calling it was really fucking cool and you can say what you want about Jim Ross. I know I've said my fair share about how kind of not out of touch, but he's not the same JR from 20 mm-hmm. years ago, which goes without saying. But even in New Japan, the guy really was not that good. He didn't know half the people there. He clearly was not invested in the product mm-hmm. um, here. That didn't really seem to be the case watching back the matches on the show. But Jim Ross, whether he's telling the truth or not, I'm not sure. But he has since come out and said that he had no idea Moxley was going to debut. This was a complete surprise to him. This was uh, news to him. So it was really cool to see a genuine reaction for once. Right. And not one of those, oh my, from Michael Cole on commentary, which is so <laughs> fucking nauseating. Oh, yeah, yeah, they ruined yeah. so many good moments by like, you know, uh, just overdoing it when it's not necessary. But this was cool. It was a genuine reaction. People went nuts. The commentators were great. Excalibur was really good. Um, the mask guy on commentary, I'm a big fan of him now. But um, yeah, no, this was great. It was executed perfectly. He laid out Jericho, laid out the referee, was about to lay out Omega, and then they started brawling through the crowd. Was the you know everyone was hot for that? They're probably going to build to that at All Out in Chicago, if not before or after that. Probably not at Fighter Fest. Then Omega is facing someone else, and I think Ambrose is facing Joey Janela. But no, this whole thing was awesome. My only real nitpick was not with the company or the mm-hmm. moment or Moxley or whoever. Um, it was with some of the fans afterward, which I mentioned earlier, hmm. but like some people were like, oh, it had such a Stone Cold vibe. He's going to be the next Stone Cold Steve Austin. Give me a fucking <laughs> yeah. break, dude. I hate that shit. I hate that shit. Get used to it. 
Get yeah, and, and I know, I know, but like people have been doing this for years now with like, oh, that's the next Stone Cold. And I'm sure I've said it at some point. Yeah. I, I know I said at one point a couple of years ago that Braun Strowman, I know at one point when he was really, really, really hot, I didn't say he was our version of Stone Cold. I said this is the closest we would get to Stone Cold. Moxley people are outright saying, oh, he's going to be AEW Stone Cold. When you say things like that, it hinders the guy because it makes you think of Stone Cold and he'll never be Stone Cold. No one will ever be Stone Cold steve austin right so i hate when people say that because it limits what these people can do just let him be the best john moxley that he can be so um other than that though i thought the moment was great i'm very much looking forward to what to what uh john moxley brings to the table in aew yeah i mean stone cold stone cold does set the bar and plus you know i all you guys just told me becky lynch was the next stone cold four months ago now now john moxley is the next stone cold (laughs) yeah exactly it's like stop with the comparisons come on man but i i i i like the debut it 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 definitely had a wcw early nitro kind of vibe like scott hall coming from coming from the crowd and doing all that stuff so if Moxie would have came from the entrance way, it would not have the same impact as he did through the crowd. And I think even if this was like WWE and somebody was debuting, they probably come through the fucking ramp regular and not through the crowd. So like the whole crowd stuff and the people recognizing who this guy was and they follow him, they touch him on the pat him on the shoulders and everything. It just for a first show it gave you that thing like, you know, anything can happen, just just like Nitro was. So what Mark was telling me was that with the with the commentator, I know it was Excalibur and the other guy, it did age uh Graham. The other guy when he was on TV, he kept staring into the camera like the whole time. I don't know if you noticed that, but it was fucking creep me out. And I don't know his name, but every time he would talk, he would just like stare into the into the camera and like that was it. But mm-hmm. when Mark was telling me that he felt, or some people, some people felt that Jim Ross was going to call Moxley Dean Ambrose. So that's why when he got into the ring and you heard John Moxley, it was like uh, uh, Excalibur saying that, not Jim Ross. So they jumped the gun. That's what Mark's telling me. They jumped the gun so that in the event Jim Ross was going to call this guy Dean Ambrose, get it get John Moxley name out there before he does. So I'm like, oh, I mean, that could be true. I don't know. Maybe Jim Ross was kind of stuck in the moment because, again, this again, this might be true. He did not know he was going to come out from the crowd or come out at all. So, um, again, that's neither here or there, but I think for what it was, first show, that kind of impact, now you got people talking, you know, what's going to happen at Fighter Fest or what's going to happen at Fight for the Fallen or All Out. Um, I think it's, I think it's it's going to be a big wave coming up, and you you, you already start seeing it on social media, Twitter. You, you know, you said it. This guy's going to be the the next Stone Cold. Which you know, listen, man. Let's let 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 this guy have one match in AW first and see what happens. Um, I think they also did that because of the the vignettes he was doing. You know, the first one that kind of mimics Stone Cold with the dogs and the fence and er- and everything. And then there's a second one. I think he was promoting him uh, going to fight in New Japan. So now he has the he has the freedom to be in AEW, go to New Japan, and do some other things. So that's also a cool way to, to bring him on. But um, I mean, listen, I'm not I'm not hating the show. I think 
for for me, like you, when you hear people say he's the next Stone Cold, I hate when people say, "Oh, this is the best pay per view of 2019," or oh, "This is the best show in the last five years." Again, it, it it could be right. I don't know. I don't recall some of the former shows of the last five years from WWE with WrestleMania and stuff like that. So there might be. Right, I, I don't know, but people are so quick. They're so caught in the moment that you really got to stop and think about what you're saying because some people on Twitter are saying, listen, man, this ain't better than money in the bank. I don't know. I don't, I don't give a fuck, but I'm going to ask you, you were there. Are you picking double or nothing because it's recent or money in the bank? Oh, no, definitely AEW. I, again, I didn't think double or nothing was the greatest show of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I did think double or nothing was definitely a better show um, mm-hmm. and not for the sole reason, but it, it really is – I mean, again, you can't do this with every show with a big surprise debut like John Moxley. But they ended the right. night with people satisfied with Moxley showing up. WWE ended it with Brock Lesnar as Mr. Money in the Bank, which got <laughs> a lot of people upset. So I think that kind of hindered the show for a lot of people. But, again, a few different things here. One, being at both shows, Money in the Bank was not a bad show. People pooped mm-hmm. on it because Brock won. Get over it. How can you call a show that? How can you call a show like that bad when we had an excellent match, which I know we didn't talk about it last week, but uh, you had an excellent match between AJ Styles and Seth Rollins, mm-hmm. and then two great Money in the Bank ladder matches. Like again, compared to ten years ago, this this show would have been an A plus, but it's because of the recent. You know, bad product. Raw sucks. SmackDown mm-hmm. isn't that much better. That people kind of poop on the pay per views, and they're not great shows. Double or Nothing was infinitely better. I will not deny that at all. But you said earlier that people were saying that oh, it's the best pay per view, not ever. But that, that people were saying that too. But there were other people saying, oh, this was the best pay per view I've seen in five to ten years, right. or the best matches that I've seen in five to ten years. Dude, these matches were good. They were very good. Some were even great. But have these people not been watching NXT, New Japan? Like, there are so many other promotions. Like, I know you're not the biggest NXT fan, Randy, but these I've seen takeovers, like Mark said in our group chat last night, that were way better than Double or Nothing. I was at the New York takeover, one of the best shows I've ever been to, period. That was way better than Double or Nothing. And again, I don't want to compare, but I'm just trying to shut down the dumb comparison i'm trying to shut down the other people who are saying that oh you know the best wrestling ever i haven't seen wrestling like this in you know in years if people are saying that it must be because um that must be because they're not watching anything else but raw and smackdown Mm because i see better matches on a weekly basis in nxt nxt uk 205 live new japan uh ring of honor even impact some weeks so that that's a pretty like that means you're kind of limiting yourself to only one or two companies, and that's kind of your own fault. But anyway, I thought it was a, a good show, and I did think Double or Nothing was better. Uh, but I'll be a takeover too, this mm. upcoming one, and that should be great. I, I'll probably, honestly, I think that'll be a better show. Takeover never disappoints. Right. And given the card, I think it'll be a better show. AEW had better build, like more hype around it. Some people forgot Takeover was even coming up as soon as Saturday. Um, but I think with. The uh, Double or Nothing show, I was talking to my buddy about this in that I feel they kind of set themselves up not for failure, but like the buzz and the hype was so high, there was no way that you were going to live up to it. Like that's the issue with this show. Mm -hmm. It was a good wrestling show, but I think we all came into it with like sky high expectations that I walked away, not disappointed, but like slightly underwhelmed. 
So that that's why. I mean, I think I always expect the takeovers to deliver at a certain level, and they always right. do. Um, so we'll see going forward with the AEW shows if they can maintain this um, quality of their pay-per-views and TV show in the fall. But again, for people saying that, oh, I haven't seen matches like this in forever, <laughs> have not been watching any other promotion in the last number of years. And even WWE has some great wrestling. Mm-hmm. So none of this crap like, oh, WWE sucks all the time. Like, again, the Rollins-AJ match was fantastic. Kofi and Brian, stories like that at WrestleMania, where they could do shit right and hit it on hit the nail mm-hmm. right on the head, they do it. So again, WWE, it's not like they're devoid of awful, you know, it's not like they're devoid of uh, excellent, excuse me, wrestling instead. Oh yeah, I'm um, Grant. Trust me, watch, watch, double or nothing be the the greatest of all time until a takeover this weekend. <laughs> yeah, the funny thing, Grandy. I mean, I'll, I'll touch upon this real quick. Mm-hmm. Was I didn't? I'm I'm not sure what your thoughts on it were. I was not a fan of it. The Cody Rhodes shot at Triple H during his entrance, the whole throne thing. I thought it was right. stupid. I thought it was unnecessary. If they want to take shots at WWE on their YouTube show, that's fine. I know Triple H did it at the Hall of Fame, which people got so upset about that. The Young Bucks have been doing that on their show for like 10 years now, so get over it, people. But um, I just thought it was stupid. Like, focus on making the best product that you can. Same thing with WWE. I thought the AEW mentioned on Raw this week was just, who cares? Like, just focus on putting forth the best Raw that you can, you know? Um, But I just thought that was stupid. The whole throne thing, like, he tried to explain it away by saying like oh i'm not an executive like triple h i'm going to be focusing on, on being a wrestler it was a bunch of bullshit um but that was just one thing but what i wanted to mention was that people were like oh yeah fuck triple h fuck the man like whatever and then those are the same people who are pooping on triple h on the show <laughs> exactly that will be eating up takeover on saturday oh the That's, greatest show of all time like okay exactly. the person responsible for that show is triple h you know yeah. what I'm so it doesn't make any sense it's like cody can do that yeah, that's right. You know, you know, let them know. But then, like, when Sammy mentioned AEW, oh, look at that. They're, they're scared. Like, <laughs> yeah, on, exactly. Man, really? Like, which one is it? And now, now, when I see the, 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 I saw the sledgehammer, and I was like, oh, because again, I'm, maybe I wasn't paying attention, but I'm like, oh, this, 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 this is a fucking no host barred match. Then he took the, he, he, he took the hammer, turned around, back up the ramp, hit the chair, and I'm like, I know you might have said that it was stupid, but again, kind of, kind of tell me why he would do that on the first show. Like, what was, what was the purpose of it? You think? That that's what I'm wondering. I think just to take a shot at the WWE and realize, like, hey, they're the big bad corporation we want to uh, mm-hmm. rival with. But like again, dude, I think I've said this before here in the show. But who cares about this war? It's not a war. Who gives a shit? It's I know they had the Monday Night Wars years ago, but like, what's wrong with liking AEW and WWE? Like, does it have to be like, oh, AEW is amazing, fuck WWE, or like if you're a WWE fan, like, oh, fuck the independents, like we're the best, like you'll never top us. Who cares? Just like enjoy what you like and stop taking shots at other companies that goes for wwe too i don't like it when they do that type of shit because it's so petty they're the king of pettiness um but aew doing it too again for one show whatever but moving forward focus on putting forth the best product you can without taking shots at the other company because who gives a shit it just makes you look minor league tna used to do that all the time in the early 2000s and they just came across as bush league because of it so i think they just really did it to you know stick it to wwe and whatever but I hey, just thought it was uh, unnecessary, personally. Listen, man, Triple H mentioned them at the Hall of Fame, little pissant company. I mean, it, it's 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 fun. It, it, they go back and forth, and th- there is, I don't know where I saw it, but it was somebody, like a little conspiracy. I, I don't think I don't think it's true, but 
it might have been Vince Russo. You know, I, yeah, I, it was I, Vince I Russo. You talking yeah. about the uh, that they, they were, were funding to, AEW shit? Trying to say like they were kind of like working together or in cahoots. So you kind of like put the the piece to the puzzle. Like this guy works here, this guy works here, and they mention each other on the shows. Could it be like how ECW and WWF were working together back in the day? Could it be the same thing now? And I'm like, mm, I mean, there are some some little points there, but I don't think. Cody, the Young Bucks, Omega going to start this brand new company and still be in cahoots with McMahon. I, I just don't see it. I mean, I'm not totally ruling it out, but I don't see it right now. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, it's <laughs> possible, but mm, I don't know. I really don't. Um, So Moxley goes on Talk is Jericho. And I wake up yesterday and my timeline is it's just flooded with quotes and this and that. I'm like, all right, I'm going to go, I'm going to go hear it before I do that. I do want to give AW credit for it. Like you mentioned real quick, the buildup. I did watch their YouTube, the, the whole, yeah. um, road to double or nothing. I think that was different. That's cool. So I did want to point that out. I, I lets you know, I am watching, I am following, I am in tune. So it's not like I'm just not really trying to give it a chance. I, 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 I really am. Um, but John Moxley goes scorch earth <laughs> on, on Vince and the mm-hmm. creative team and how dissatisfied, how angry, how this, and that he wanted to leave back in July. Or he knew he wanted to leave back in July and was going to let his contract ride out. He didn't, didn't want to quit or get fired. He did everything that was required of him from his contract, uh, the promos and this, and it was, it was a lot. And um, I know you mentioned on Twitter that for those who haven't heard it to go out and hear it it's a lot of information mm-hmm. and it kind of it kind of sets the tone of like why people are feeling the way they are in the company and why they want to you know be released and go somewhere else same we saw with luke harper same with sasha banks same with uh ty dillinger same with a whole bunch of other people who just kind of feel that they're not being utilized right or it's corny it's whack it's terrible it sucks and that's what the fans have been saying for quite some time that raw smackdown does indeed suck and moxie pointed that out big time on talk jericho so now when you hear that when you hear that it does it kind of like make you feel like sad that Raw Smackdown the company is just not what it was uh, from back in the day and like how how did they turn around somehow some way and how why other people have not been wanting out of their contract or just leaving when they can I think that will happen more as time goes on uh, there's a lot of people you didn't know wanted to be released until they either say something or yeah. they actually leave yeah. I think that's the best thing though I don't like this idea and I know we've talked about this before about people going on Twitter saying oh I asked for my release because when they don't grant you your release you're stuck and then they're just going to extend your contract yeah it makes WWE look like the bad guys which I guess accomplishes something mm-hmm. but they have, dude, they, if they don't want to release you they're not going to release you they're not going to. It's, it's their right. You sign a contract. You're there. To, you're there till the end. I don't care if you're unhappy. I mean, it sucks. But Dean Ambrose did the right thing. It sucked that he was unhappy. It was awful. Um, he had every right to want to leave. I'm glad he did leave. But the thing is, though, Ambrose took the high road. He did what was asked of him. He stayed till the last day of his contract. 
and he had a nice send off all things considered i mean he was still on tv most weeks yeah he wasn't at wrestlemania but he had like five different shield farewells like you know he had a lot of different um send-offs it wasn't like he was buried on his way out so i think ambrose did the did the right thing and i'm a big punk fan i'm not gonna you know mince words here i think punk was an idiot for walking out the way that he did i think it, a lot of people are still bitter about that the way that he left um and again i'm not them i'm not going through the same uh physical pains that they are and whatnot but mm-hmm. i just think to leave and you know to, to go on twitter saying oh i'm not happy here i want to leave they're just going to find ways to keep you there i just think it's stupid you know um neville i went home i think he should have just stayed through the rend- or the rest of his contract whenever that was and he mm-hmm. was off tv for like a year as a result but had he you know stayed there until the end of his contract he may have been free six months earlier so i don't know i just think it's ridiculous the whole sasha banks thing with like oh i'm not happy here and i know she didn't outright say that which was right. smart but like Dude, finish out your contract because by not working TVs, they're just going to add more time to your contract by not working, which they can do. They're within their legal right to do that. So anyway, with WWE and the whole Moxley interview, um, like you had mentioned, I, I tweeted this out yesterday. It's an absolute must listen. It does make me very sad. You're a WWE guy, Randy. I'm a WWE guy. I would love to see I, – I still am excited for whatever reason to see people get signed up by WWE like an Adam Cole or a Matt Riddle. Like it's cool to see the best wrestlers go to the biggest company in the world because right. I want to see my favorite wrestlers in my favorite company. The issue now is that they're not utilizing these people properly. They're making a lot of people unhappy, uh, killing their passion for pro wrestling. And now a lot of people want to leave and it sucks. I hate to see people want to leave a company that I love Mm. so much, but that's just the inner workings of the company right now. And I think what's even more telling about this podcast more than anyone else, because we've heard people like Jack Swagger complain about this before and fucking Ryback. God knows how many times, Mm -hmm. but like none of them were the top guys that Dean Ambrose was. Dean Ambrose has been one of the biggest stars they've had for the last five to seven years. So for him to come out and say the things that he did is very telling, like Mm -hmm. very telling. It's very depressing too. And I'm sure we will see a lot more departures as the time goes on, but you know, between the revival, Luke Harper, Sasha Banks, and those are only the known ones. There could be plenty more people that likely want out of their contract that are just not saying anything right now. Someone like a Shelton Benjamin, Mm -hmm. who has not been on TV in forever. Nikki James, where the hell has she been? (laughs) And EC3, I don't know what the hell is going on with that guy. Tyler Breeze. I mean, I know he's on NXT this Saturday, but he's another guy that's been doing nothing for a long time now. I mean, dude, I I could probably pick out at least 10 to 15 names of people I could likely see leaving at some point. Rusev's another one, maybe even Nakamura, who knows? But um, yeah, it is sad to see, but it was very, it wasn't anything we didn't already know though. Like with the way that the writing process works in WWE, it just really sucks that it has to be this way. And until something changes at the top with Vince leaving or whatever, I feel like it'll continue to be the same way, the same backstage environment until, you know, there's a change at the top, like I said. So was there anything, anything that he said that really stood out aside from the creative team and we all kind of knew that but was it one thing he said that kind of that you made that kind of made you say hmm like wow that's 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 some heavy shit right there um or nothing not necessarily because again a lot of this was i mean it was interesting to hear from his perspective i think that was really the biggest takeaway it wasn't anything shocking i wasn't like oh my god um you know he talked about the promo six months ago or whatever yeah. it was 
with the when he had the fucking vaccination shit going on like that was so bad you yeah, know we, we talked about it at the time how bad yeah. it was but it's just interesting to hear it from a different perspective it's one thing for fans to complain about it it's a whole other thing for the talent to say yeah i'm not doing that either because i think i think it's atrocious so i thought that was a big takeaway the roman thing was interesting where he said, um, yeah. you know, they gave me a line about Roman that I think would have lost the sponsors if I actually said it. So I, I don't think they really care about going too far because they likely would have in that case unless Ambrose spoke up. Mm-hmm. Um, the Brock thing did not get enough attention as as much as I thought it would because he was like, oh, that's why they pay Brock millions of dollars to come in and ruin this company. I thought that was an interesting line. We know Ambrose <laughs> has heat with Brock and has for years now, dating back to their feud in 2016. Um, but I wanted to hear more about that. I know he's not a guy to just like like Punk just go off and complain about everyone and everything. But I would have liked to have heard more from his perspective about Brock and what happened with that feud a few years ago. And yeah, he talks about it on the Stone Cold podcast years ago, but that was when he was with the company. Right. So obviously that, was, that limited what he could say. But uh, it was a very... Very interesting podcast and uh, definitely well worth the listen. What about the stuff you mentioned with Nia Jax? That didn't really surprise me, too. The whole thing where he was like, yeah, I gave them my notice over Royal Rumble weekend, which we could kind of tell because the report came out about him wanting to leave after the Royal Rumble. And he was tossed in like mm-hmm. a minute. Remember that? He was out of the Rumble in like two minutes, uh, which was hilarious. But um, he was like, yeah, they threw in the thing with Nia Jax at the last minute. So they wanted to bury me on the way out, which, again, fucking petty ass company does that really surprise anyone here um i was surprised they never went through with it they never did the match i think they might have advertised it for a house show but they didn't end up doing it they did one or two weeks of it on raw and then scrapped it so i'm not even really sure what purpose that was supposed to serve but i mean ambrose has a great attitude about it he was like it was nothing against naya it wasn't the fact they wanted to lose to a woman Mm -hmm. um it was just that it just it was pretty obvious it was blatantly apparent that they were wanting to bury me on the way out and he was going to be a good sport about it and make the most of whatever they gave him which he tried to sometimes he failed because the material was just too bad um but thankfully that never came to fruition because i feel like that would have just been because it's just who cares like why would i want to see an ambrose naya jacks feud or match like it's not intriguing to me i, mm-hmm. I think i guess some people might have been but what was worse that it was that it didn't even go anywhere it's like you're watching a TV show and they're doing a story with a certain character for two weeks. You watch the third episode and they're nowhere. To, they're, it's it's not followed up on at all. You're they're, they're nowhere to be seen. So that's just lack of consistency, lack of consistency with this company, which is nothing new for them. How uh, how loud was Moxley's pop in the crowd that night? It was big. It was big. I've seen some people say that, oh, you never got pops like this in WWE. I mean, obviously not. Come on. I mean, (laughs) why would he get pops? Like, dude, I mean, obviously it's a debut. Of course people are going to go nuts for him. The real test is in six months from now. Dude, Ty Dillinger got a big reaction. Like, who gives a shit? The guy's gonna be a jobber <laughs> in two months. You know what I mean? So I'm not nothing nothing against Ambrose. I'm just saying, like, oh, you know, WWE never got big reactions like this again because it was his. It was a debut and it wasn't announced. So we'll see in a couple months. But it was it was very loud. Easily the biggest reaction of the night. And it's also worth noting too. I will go so far as to say that Ambrose has not felt like this as much of a star. Has not gotten a reaction this loud since he cashed in the Money in the Bank briefcase to become world champion, to become WWE champion. Mm-hmm. And Money in the Bank 2016, and I just realized this yesterday, it was in Las Vegas, Nevada. It was in Las Vegas where that pay-per-view was, where he that was where he become WWE became WWE champion. Wow. And now he arrives in that same city um, for All Elite Wrestling. He debuted in that same town for AEW. So I thought that was pretty cool. 
So if I said Ambrose's debut in a uh, AW pop versus, well, that's not fair. I would have said AJ Royal Rumble, but the AJ would win that one. Um, I think. So okay, the pop that Ambrose got at AEW mm-hmm. versus a pop that let's let's say hypothetically like Kenny Omega showing up at the Royal Rumble or some shit like that. Who gets a bigger pop? Oh, you know That's what? A you, good know, one. you know what? To be fair, AEW was at MGM Grand. Royal Rumble might be in a fucking stadium. So uh, let, let's say like a, like a SummerSlam, who who might be in an actual arena the same size as MGM Grand. So it's like a Kenny Omega at SummerSlam compared to Ambrose at Double or Nothing, who gets a bigger pop? That's a good question. Probably I Omega. Because I think Moxley, people knew, was showing up. You know? Mm. Um, the age, I think people knew he was showing up, but just not when he did. And I think it was cooler just because he had never seen AJ in WWE before. Right. So I think he got the bigger reaction. Omega, it's a, that's a good one. Especially since SummerSlam is in Canada this year. Ah. So that's what you're saying, because he's from Canada. He's from Winnipeg. Ah, see? So. You never know. You might see AW pop up in... Uh SummerSlam because you know they're, oh, they're, they're, they're working to, they're working together you know oh Jesus you're jumping <laughs> on the Twins Russo bandwagon that, that's a great question Randy I'd probably would say Kenny but the Moxley one was pretty loud I mean I, I mean I was at the Mania where the Hardys returned that's still the biggest reaction I've ever seen mm. um I don't know where, where this would land with other shows that I've been to but it was it was very loud it was a big reaction and above all else he felt like a star which is great so number one mentions mentions number two Sami Zayn mentions AEW on Raw um, I don't think he would do that on his own I think I think he was told to do that but my thing is what's the overall bigger thing about that like oh because many fans saw Double Nothing and expected some kind of reaction on Raw SmackDown like maybe a change of creative direction like it's alright they see that alright now we gotta start getting our, our shit together but it was the total opposite you don't get a match until 52 minutes into the show um you get a fucking electric chair out of nowhere you get um brock lesnar with the money to bank briefcase which is now a, a fucking boom box so they do the exact opposite of what you thought they were gonna do from uh, for seeing what happened on that show, and that same as they mentions AEW. Is it is it a, is there a bigger cloud you think uh, uh, above that where that's just a, that's like a one and done, or do you think like they saw that show and they're recognizing number two and they're trying to diffuse whatever it is is going on like um, i'm hoping i'm I'm trying to make sense about that no no that makes sense um i you know my mindset coming out of double or nothing is that wwe is not going to put their best foot forward until the fall it's one show did they put forth a great show after wrestle kingdom no they don't give a shit it's a fucking pay-per-view who cares if they had another pay-per-view going up against double or nothing like a takeover that'd be different um no, I don't think we'll see any real change with the product until the fall. Until I mean, they won't be going head-to-head, nor should they. But like, that's going to be the real test. If they don't put forth the better product then, that's an issue. But uh, the fact that Raw was bad should not surprise anyone. It's, it's one show. It was a great show. Mm. Their response was mentioning AEW on Raw. 
which I think is pretty dumb, um, just because you're introducing people. Like, say Joe Schmo, who doesn't watch AEW, only watches WWE. They're going to check out AEW now. They just gave them free exposure. Like, how dumb is that? That's almost as dumb as WCW running down the Raw results on, on Nitro, making you want to watch Raw then. So, <laughs> it's, it's, it's just stupid. But, um, yeah, no, the show sucked. Um, Brock thing <laughs> I liked, personally. Uh, I thought the Brock thing was interesting. Ricochet and Cesaro I liked. And uh, I thought there was – I think Rollins and Zayn was a good match. The electric chair nonsense was – Terrible. Just uh, just atrocious. I'm, I'm trying to just I'm, – I'm trying to keep it short. I got to get going soon. But, uh, right. yeah, the show was just bad. It was just really, really bad. One of the worst Raws I've seen in some time, and that's saying something. Crazy. Uh, before you head out, what do you make of Brock Lesnar's new gimmick going on right now? Like I said, I like it. I think it's something different for him. I would not be surprised. There's a lot of people I've talked to like, this is stupid. I mean, but dude, it's something different. You know, it's better than him coming out and Brock or Paul Heyman just talking for him for 20 minutes and him just bouncing around the whole boombox thing. I think it's hilarious. Yeah. It's the most personality I've seen from Brock in like 15 years. So yeah. I think it's cool. I'm a big fan of it and we'll see where it goes. And I also like the fact that it seems like they're going to be holding out and having him cash in the contract mm. for like a while and not in Saudi Arabia. So I like that and we'll see where it goes. Yeah. Yeah, cause he said, "Oh, I, ha- I have a whole year," so he played dumb. Like Paul Heyman, you mean tell me I could cash in any time within a fucking year? Not today. Yeah. So we'll see that. Um, NXT Takeover twenty five is this weekend, right? Yes, it is Saturday and night. You're going to that backyard at Bridgeport. It will be. Yep. Um, since you got to go, I would just say I told Mark offline. I, I said uh, Adam uh, Adam Cole over Gargano, and then he said. Um, the way I wrote it was more like I like Adam Cole better than Johnny Gargano, mm-hmm. and then he I guess he got kind of mad at me like oh wait 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 okay okay are you going for Adam Cole in the match or are you saying he's better and I said no fuck that Adam Cole's better than Gargano he mm-hmm. said no man you got to chill <laughs> so I'm like <laughs> I think he's better from a, from an in ring from a promo from a, he's more of a more of a, of a main roster guy but I mean you might feel different but I. I think for this weekend, I'm I, I'm going for Adam Cole. I don't know who's who else is fighting off the top of my head without looking at it, but uh, if you can kind of help me out, who else is on that card? No, yeah, it should be a great show. The main event is Gargano and Cole, like you said. To right. say that Gargano is better, or I'm sorry, Cole is better than Gargano, I mean, it's all personal preference, but that's not like, it's. if you were to say like, and I got to get this obligatory jab in here, uh, Randy, if you were to say like Jinder is better than Gargano, then oh, then on. we'd have an issue because I think that's absolute bullshit. But obviously yeah. you're saying Cole, Cole is great. He is a main roster. The guy is a star. Gar- Gargano is a star too, but in a different way. I see Cole having more success in WWE than Gargano, but I have seen better like more five-star classics from gargano than i have from cole um but their match in new york was one of the best matches i've ever seen in you know in person live Mm. um but the show should be great there's that match baszler and shirai for the women's title Um, matt riddle and roderick strong which should be good Mm. velveteen dream versus tyler breeze of all people right north american title because the guy's a former nxt star and they're it's the 25th takeover which i think is cool it's kind of random but it's cool and then the match i'm looking forward to the most uh Mm. nxt tag team titles ladder match it's undisputed air forgotten sons uh lorkin and birch and street profits my boy so i'm hoping they're going over but that match should be amazing all right so i got adam cole i got velveteen dream you know that's my guy matt riddle roderick strong i really don't know nor do i care um (laughs) the lorkin birch street profits undisputed era the forgotten sons 
I don't know. You can pick that for me. Um, I'll say Street Profits. Like Street I said, I think Matt Riddle's going over too. Okay, Matt Riddle. I'll go with you on that. Matter of fact, you you take Riddle. I take Roger Strong because we, we uh, I want to be different. Just to be different. Why not? And then um, Baszler, Io Shirai. I don't know, man. I, every time I every time I go against Shayna Baszler, she fucking wins. So I know, right? I think I, I'm gonna. I think this is the time that Shirai wins the belt and Baszler finally yeah. loses. But I, mean, I would I, not be surprised to see uh, Baszler win because she overcomes the odds every single time. Yeah, like she's gonna drop the belt in Connecticut, Graham. Like, come on, <laughs> <laughs> it's the 25th takeover. You never know. Oh man! All right, Graham Matthews, Bleacher Report, Wrestle Rant on Twitter. Thank you, my man. I appreciate it. Thanks, Randy. Zoe. appreciate. It. I'll talk to you next week. All right, man. Take it easy. All right, bye. All right.